10 minutes remaining. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Happy from 10K Dollar Day. It is Monday, October 25th, 2021. I'm Lulu Picard. I'm Allison Burns. And whether you're waking up or winding down, we want to be there for you. You can also hear our voices in our other podcast. It's called 10K Dollar Day. It's a comedy podcast about imaginary luxury travel. You do have to go to a whole other feed to find it. So just do us a favor and type in 10K Dollar Day. That's 10K Dollar Day. and Give us a little, hey, how you doing review on there. We wouldn't hate that. Or a little five stars. That'd be cool. But this is the 10 Minute Daily Happy. That's right. And all this week, we've been featuring G Adventures. They plan small group tours on every continent. And their G stands for good because they are dedicated to make travel a force for good in the world. So check them out at 10kdollarday.com slash G Adventures to learn more. Okay. Now, Allison, I know that you have a fear of water. I do. As do I. As do I. Open water. Big water. Open water. Yes. Yes. Not like pools or like drinking water. Right. Not like water in a glass. I don't have a fear. Although, (laughs) could you imagine how paralyzing that would be if you were just scared of water? I can't imagine it, but now I feel like that's a great bit. Would you take a shower? I know. Like, is that the question? Like, how would you, would you have to... Oh, how would you do it? Or would you have to have someone wash your hair like over a sink and then do like a sponge bath? I don't know. Cause I think that as a child, probably you would be forced to wash. So even if you had that fear of water, would it just be like undercurrent in your life? You don't know why you hate taking a bath. You don't know why you hate brushing your teeth. Right. You don't know why you don't like to drink water and you only well, drink Diet like- Coke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like you'd have to, you know, desperately. I don't know why I made that so dramatic. (laughs) You'd have to desperately go seek counseling is what I was going to say. Desperately seek counseling for your water fear. Yeah. And hydrophobia through sessions like where you get thrown into one of those water tanks. No, it's like. Do you know what I mean? Like where yeah, you float yeah, yeah, and you don't yeah, know what yeah. which way's up and which way's down <gasps> in space. You know I never want to be in one of those. I never want to be in there either. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds just terrible. That just sounds like the worst idea in the whole entire world to me. And I and I think for some people it's very calming and peaceful. And I'm jealous, I guess, of those people because to me that would just not work out. No, I agree. Okay, well, I brought it up. Yeah, I was about to say, how did we get here? (laughs) Because because you and I have never really had a desire to scuba dive. Oh, no. However, I found one of the big advantages to scuba diving. Okay. A scuba diver in Israel Mm -hmm. just found a 900-year-old crusader sword with a three-foot blade off the coast of Israel. Like this guy just went into the water and found a sword and this sword is intact. It is crazy shaped like a sword. Like you pick it up and it definitely has like barnacles and it's been, you know, all the things. So it looks encrusted with things. It's actually amazing because it's encrusted with shells. So it almost looks jeweled anyhow. Like it's King Triton's sword, you know? Yeah, absolutely. but it was apparently under a lo- so much sand that it had completely kept the oxygen off this sword. So it's very, mm-hmm. very, very well preserved. And then through undercurrents and waves and I guess just life, it got shifted away. So this guy was diving on October 9th and he 
spotted the sword. It has a foot long hilt. What does that mean? What's a hilt? The hilt is the part you hold before it gets to the blade. So that's how big this sword. Yeah, that's how big this sword is. That just the part you hold before it gets to the blade is. That's crazy. Yeah. So its size and shape suggest it belonged to a crusader. Plus, it was found just a few kilometers from Atlit Castle, which was a crusader fortress. So they're pretty sure. So I found this article on CNN. And it just identified this person as a scuba diver, even Uh though it named all of the people at the Israel Antiquities Authority, which is where he turned over the sword. So he came up, found the sword, and he was like... Did he have to turn it over? No. Okay. He did not. So here's the thing. CNN did not even name this amazing person. But don't worry, I went to another news source, which is why it's important to always go to multiple news sources. P.S. Everyone, even and especially if you're just getting your news from us, like, please go double check it. So anyway, I went to AP. AP uh, had a similar article, but at the end said the sword is to be cleaned and further analyzed. The diver is named as Shlomi Katzen. He was given a certificate of appreciation for good citizenship. Oh, see, that's good. Yeah. I, are they going to like put it up in a museum? Is that what's happening? I'm sure. It seems that uh, everyone is really excited about this because most swords... This is 900 years old, right? So like most swords of this age are not intact. And because it has been like encrusted with sea creatures and sand, it might be in perfect condition. Mm. So everyone's really excited about it. I just wonder if he could have made like money off of it. I think he 1000% could have made money off it. I mean, I'm not sure about Israel. I... you know what, before I say anything with absolute certainty, it might it might matter where you live and what country, what the rules are in that country. I have a feeling in the United States, if you found anything, it could just belong to you. Yeah. Because we like to do it that way. You know, we like to just say <laughs> finders keepers, no matter yeah. whose it is. That's how we found our country, by the way. Interesting. Um, but I'm not sure if other countries are like, hey, that's, that's everybody else's and and it and you know i might be even making up the rule here so i'm not sure but i guess the good news is you can find amazing things when you scuba dive and now we all know if you find something with antiquity in it or an an antiquity i guess uh, maybe look up whether you have to give it up i think maybe he didn't have to because he got the certificate oh for good citizenship but you, ah, I don't know. I feel like finders keepers. I know, I know, I know. It could have changed his life, right? Yeah, I don't know about who that, knows. But... We don't, we don't okay. know. We don't know all the machinations behind that. So we'll just pretend yeah. that everything is fine. But maybe that's a good rabbit hole to go down later. You know, like if you find something yeah. when you're diving off Siesta Key, mm-hmm. like a Spanish, uh, what do they call them? Galleon, galleon. Those those coins, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have to give yeah. those up? I feel like people find those all the time. All the time, I feel like. I, yeah, I feel like, especially if it's been at the bottom of the ocean, like and nobody's then looking they, for it. They just sell them in the trinket shops, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think that that's all the information I have, everyone, is just I know, personal I know. anecdotes and uh, three paragraphs from Associated Press. Okay. Yeah. Let's stay on art and antiquities, though. Let's stay there. Okay. We're going to go to Denver. So from Israel, we're moving over to Denver. Okay. And Denver's art museum just went through a $150 million renovation. 
Why? Well, they wanted to create a space where its 800,000 annual guests can be themselves and see themselves in the museum. So they wanted to kind of like take the art museum concept and just flip it a little bit. And what they've ended up doing is something that I think is really cool. So in addition to having a lot of art, it's a, it's a very multicultural museum. Mm -hmm. So in addition to having a lot of standard, uh, standard, I guess, traditional art that you would be used to seeing. So for instance, in the Asian gallery, um, you'll see ancient treasures from Cambodia, Japan, and India. And you know, we've all seen these in museums, right? Like a beautiful piece of pottery or some calligraphy or, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. gold coins or something like that. They also have a large Native American section that has pottery and beautiful beadwork, but they wanted to make sure that if you are seeing ancient art, that you understand the modern people that belong to that culture as well. And this oh, is something, right. yeah, this is something I've like never seen at a museum. So okay. this is cool. So for instance, in that Asian section, right before you get to like those calligraphies and the things, whatever, they also have contemporary Chinese sculptures, which are very different. They're irreverent, right. they're political. They're not this beautiful flowy thing that we associate with Chinese art you know yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. they're like yeah cuz there's more to art than just what we did 2000 years ago and then in the native american section um i want to make sure i say this correctly uh they wanted to show that these are active people and they are active tribes so they have newly commissioned videos of native americans sharing stories about their heritage and identity and they also in the Ten, indigenous galleries nine, have a calming eight, room so visitors seven, whose trauma may be six, triggered by the artifacts nine, have a place four, to work out their three, feelings two, that's fantastic one. 